and I probably wouldn't be of any use to you even if I tried. I've lost the investigating knack. What nonsense, said Sir Richard, also standing up. Have you lost the knack of breathing as well? The Sid Halley I used to know could find out more with his eyes closed than the whole of the Met Police with theirs open. I looked at him from a distance of about nine inches. I am no longer the Sid Halley you used to know. He looked straight into my eyes for a few seconds, until I turned away. Well, that's her real shame, he said with a sigh. I felt wretched, but there was nothing more I could say. I think I'd better go, Sir Richard said, leaning down to pick up his briefcase from the sofa. I'm clearly wasting my time here. Now, he wasn't only unhappy, he was angry with it. I'll show myself out he mumbled, barely able to maintain the usual pleasantries. He turned to go. Uh, "'Sir Richard,' I said, putting a hand on his arm to stop him, "'I'm very sorry, but I no longer do that sort of thing. Uh, "'That's what dear Admiral Rowland told me last week, but I didn't fully believe him.' He paused and looked again into my eyes. "'Sid, I am firmly of the opinion that racing, as we know and love it, is under threat. He was scared, I thought. Really scared. What evidence do you have? I heard myself ask. Damn it, no, no, I must not get involved. Sir Richard opened his briefcase and pulled out a clear plastic folder containing some sheets of paper. I've made a list of those races where I believe the result has been manipulated in some way. But what actual evidence do you have? I asked. Oh, don't you believe me? Sir Richard snorted, pulling himself up to his full height, which was a good six or seven inches above my head. It's not important if I believe you or not, I said, ignoring his indignation, but I would still need some hard evidence to look at. So are you saying you will help after all? He was suddenly more hopeful. No, I said, I'm not saying that, but I'll have a quick scan of your list if you like. He handed me the folder. Keep it, he said. I have other copies. Who else have you spoken to about this? I asked. Well, what do you mean? Who else, other than the BHA Security Service, have you spoken to about this? Who else has seen your list? He seemed surprised by my questions. Well, a few, I suppose. Who? I asked, pressing him. Well, some of my fellow BHA directors have seen it, and my secretary, of course. She typed it for me. He smiled. Anyone else? A few others at my club. The Admiral, for instance. I was trying to get him to approach you on my behalf. I inwardly sighed, but stayed silent. Well, is that a problem? he asked. Perhaps it might be more prudent to keep your concerns to yourself, at least until they have been proven. But it seems that no one's going to prove them, he said irritably. Everyone thinks I'm making it all up, including you. I still think it might be better not to broadcast your suspicions. The wrong ears may hear them. If there is indeed something going on, you don't want the perpetrator finding out that you're investigating. I'm not bloody investigating, am I? He retorted angrily. And talking to a few members of my club is hardly broadcasting. I decided not to say anything further. But if a decade of being a private investigator had taught me anything, it was that secrecy and surprise were usually the best policy. And being a member of Sir Richard's club was no guarantee that an individual was an upstanding member of society. 
For hundreds of years there's been a steady flow of fraudsters, swindlers, thieves and murderers passing through the gates of British prisons, many of whom had been members of London's most prestigious gentlemen's clubs. "'Sid, will you help me?' Sir Richard asked. "'For the good of racing.' "'I'll look at your list.' "'Good.' "'But I will not investigate anything,' I said quickly. "'Like I told you, I've given that up.' "'But you will tell me what you think.' "'Yes,' I said, "'I'll look at the list, and I'll tell you what I think.' He nodded as if satisfied. Oh, "'I'd better be going, or I'll miss my train.' "'Are you going back to London?' I asked. He shook his head. "'No, to my house near Winchester. There's a direct train from Banbury every hour. Do you need a lift to the station?' "'No, thank you,' he smiled. "'I have a taxi waiting for me.' We went outside into the March sunshine, and I saw him into the taxi.'